0: Okay. I have got a good one for you today. What's up, squad? Welcome back. I'm happy that you're here. Um, so today I've got Ken Coleman on the show. He is an author. He is not only an author, he's the number one best selling author of The Proximity Principle and his newest book that is about to come out, which we're going to chat about today from Paycheck to purpose. He's also the host of a nationally syndicated radio show, The Ken Coleman Show. Um, so he's really dubbed himself as America's career coach. And he he spends his days and his mission in life is really to help people discover what it is that they do best and how they can basically do that for a living um, and do work that they love in this world and produce results that matter to them. So. I am so excited to have him on today, and uh, you guys, it's it's a good one. When I, I'm going to tell you just like right here and right now, like you definitely want to have a pen and paper nearby for this episode, um, and just get ready to take a lot of notes. Yeah, he's going to teach you how to truly... Like in its best form, be your very best self. And that's what we're here to do. That's what we're all here to do. So uh, let's get into it. All right, you guys, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. We got Ken. Coleman in the house tonight or today, wherever you are today, tonight, this morning, whatever time it is that you're tuning in. Um, And I'm super, super excited to have you on today, Ken. We're going to talk about your brand new book here that's coming out um, from Purpose or from Paycheck to Purpose rather, um, which is really exciting uh, and it's just super topical today to talk about what's going on in the world and where people are at and uh, people, what they do for a living. So thanks so much for being on.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. Um, So, I mean, the clearest place to start is like the book right here from paycheck to purpose. And so many Americans are living paycheck to paycheck and kind of living to work instead of working to live or the other way around. Explain that for me and jump into why you wrote this book.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So because you just touched on it, you know, work for most people in the world, not just an American concept of work. Uh, right. But the predominant view of work is that it's something I just have to do. It's it's something I do to live, meaning I need to work to provide, right? That's the paycheck is about provision. But in the title of the book, we, we expand the concept behind work as just being about provision. That's why we title it From Paycheck to Purpose, because here's what we know. There's tons and tons of data out there that that show us that people do want to do work that matters to them. And no one has to teach an adult or even honestly a teenager to lay awake at night or to sit at a stoplight or in the shower or under a tree. Nobody has to teach a human being to ask the question, why am I here? What should I do with my life? And I think the reason I wrote the book is because I want people to see that there is a unique role in your work that you were created to fill, you were created to contribute. And if we begin to see work is not just something we do for a paycheck, but we can see that we can make a unique contribution where we make the better, the world rather, a better place by the contribution we make, because we all have talent and we all have work that really does fire us up. We love it. It Doesn't feel like work to us. We'll work hard at it. It is work, but we love it. And then we all have results that really set us on fire when we see those results. And so that's the core of the methodology of the Ken Coleman show and of this book, get on purpose. And when you're on purpose using what you do best talent to do work, you love passion, to produce results that matter to you deeply mission. When those three are in alignment, talent, passion, mission, here's what happens. There are multiple, multiple jobs and career paths and even dream jobs where you are truly doing what you were created to do. And we've seen men and women in our own lives that we go, they were just born for this. Well, that's Mm -hmm. there for everybody. And uh, there's purpose in all work. So that's why I wrote it. I just think life's too short to live for the weekend. That sucks.
0: Yes, amen to that. Life is way too damn short to to live for the weekends. I mean, there's so much to unpack there, and I share so much of um, a similar vision. And you know, I speak that into the people who ride with me at SoulCycle all the time, and people who you know work with me as a life coach. I speak that same kind of thing and into into my people is because it's the truth. You know, I've I've been a long time believer that if there's a dream that exists within you that is not there on accident it exists within you because it's it's supposed to be there it's it's a meant for your life you're put here on this earth for a reason every single one of us and understanding that it is our our duty to carry out that mission and so that the dream just wouldn't be there if it wasn't meant for you that's what i always say the dream would not be there if it wasn't meant for you and Amen. the dream Right? The dream is so different for everybody. It looks different. You know, some people they wake up every day and they dream about, you know, creating a swimsuit line. I don't know, whatever it is. If that's the thing that you wake up and you dream about, then like, then like, you're supposed to be doing that. And so that's why I I love this, this, this book that you've created so much. And I love that you've poured your whole heart and soul into the pages of this book because so many people, they ignore that voice that lives within them. They, they don't, they quiet that voice. Um, it's your intuition, it's your gut, it's your, your inner knowing, your inner being, um, and people quiet that. And, and I think I mean, I'd love to hear your take on this, but I think the biggest reason that people quiet that voice that exists within them is probably fear.
1: 100%. So how, do
0: get, how do you get around fear? How do you get so out What of, we first do have have
1: to do it? is, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And um, I would add one other major enemy to fear and that's doubt. And they are two different things, but okay. they're cousins and they like to hang out on our shoulders at the same time. Um, and, and I'm so glad you brought this up. So let me identify uh, what I believe are the three greatest fears, and then the, a couple of the big doubts. Because what happens is, the answer to your question is, we've got to be aware that fear and doubt are a part of this journey too. And so we, we got to be aware that we don't ever get rid of fear and doubt, but we can overcome fear and doubt. And I got a little easy three-step process, but we got to first go.
0: We love an easy three-step the- process here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> great. I, I, great. We're gonna. It's going to be really fun. So first, let's just identify the voices. So The voices of fear sound like, um, I have no idea how this is going to turn out. I don't know the exact timing. I don't know the exact steps and the path. Therefore, ah, and it's the fear of the unknown. The fear of the unknown is the most crippling fear. You know this uh, because you're in the health space and life coach space. You know this inherently from your body of work, that people would rather be miserable, watch this, than they would be uncomfortable. They would rather be miserable than uncomfortable because with my misery, I've already gutted that out enough. And while it sucks, I've managed to survive. But in order to thrive, I must embrace the unknown. That's just part of the deal. But most people stay on the bleachers of life, watching everybody else play because they're like, "Ooh, I don't know exactly everything. So if the fear of the unknown is the big one. Number two, the fear of failure, right? I'm going to fail. Oh, oh, it's going to hurt. Yeah, it is. It is going to hurt. But guess what? I've never met a successful woman or a successful man. I've never read about a successful woman or successful man that didn't have failure. Failure is a part of progress. I'll take everybody back here to the time that you learned to ride a bike. There is no way you learn to ride a bike without wrecking the bike you're going to fail. But if we can fail strategically and do it that way, we won't fail tragically. But we just assume that all failure is tragic. Well, you wrecked your bike, you skinned your knees, and you stuck to the sheets for a couple of nights. But guess what? You got over it. And that's the truth about failure. If I'm not crazy risky, but I just walk forward and I expect to fail and I learn from failure, it's not tragic. It's not going to be final. And then the other fear is uh, the fear of rejection. Oh boy! I mean, this goes back to elementary school, and I'm a little older than you, but I remember back in elementary school, we used to write notes to girls and would say, "Do you like me?" Yes, no. No, or people maybe. are That's still the doing that. thing we did back in the yeah.
0: Well, oh, they are. Okay, you like great. me? Great. Circle great. yes or no. <laughs> For sure.
1: Yes, right. And you remember all of the tension around that? Oh, what's the answer yeah. going to be? And what that is, is that inherent fear of rejection. Because if the girl circles no, ugh, right? And so that never leaves us. So those are the three big fears. Now let me give you a couple big doubts. And then we're going to unpack this. Okay. So it's a little bit longer answer, but this is going to set your, your Go folks for it. Go free. For it. Okay. Yes. So here's the deal. The voices of doubt, the biggies are, I don't have enough time. I don't mm. know if I've got enough money. And I don't know if I've got what it takes. Those are the voices of doubt. And they're different than the voices of fear, but they will flat out paralyze you. OK, so now let's talk about the three step process to figure out if fear and doubt is telling us the truth. I don't want to oversimplify this and say fear is always lying to you. Well, it turns out it isn't. If I edge my toes up to a giant cliff and I get overtaken by fear that I could fall and splat on the ground, fear is telling me the truth. So, how do we know if fear is telling us the truth? This is good old fashioned, your legal dramas on TV uh, or, or movies. Take yourself there and we're going to put fear or doubt, those voices. We've got to identify them first. What is my fear saying? Okay, now that I know what it's saying, let's put it on the witness stand and let's see if it's telling us the truth. Okay, let's take one of the fears fear of failure. I already walked through that. Am I going to fail? Yes. But fear of failure is telling me I'm going to fail so spectacularly that I'm going to be homeless, living under a bridge, and all my friends and family are going to disown me because I'm a giant stain of embarrassment for them.
0: Yeah, fear in our mind gloves. It paints the worst case scenario.
1: (laughs) That's not true. So then we go, am I going to fail the first time I do a radio show on Sirius XM? Am I going to do some calls kind of crappy as I learn how to do this? This is my story. Yes, yes. Am I going to give a talk for the first time and blow it in one part of the speech? Is that going to happen? Yeah, but I'm going to get better each and every time. So we put it on the witness stand. Is fear telling me the truth? If it's telling me the truth, then my fear is protecting me. But if fear is lying to me, in the fact that fear is lying to me, it's also confirming That I am, in fact, supposed to do it. And the fear is just associated with the desire to get there. And so we then say, all right, fear is not telling me the truth. And I focus on the truth. And the truth is, I do have what it takes, right? I'm not going to fail spectacularly. Uh, Rejection is not the end of the world. It's not a no. It's a not here, not now. So that's the mindset to to kind of embracing the journey. You're going to face fear and doubt. You're never going to get rid of them, but you can overcome them. And that's how you do it.
0: Right. I love all of that so much. I mean, and understanding really as well, like the what we gain from fear. I, you know, I, I think it's something that I've, I've said a lot is that how do you know what true, real, lasting love is if you've never had your heart broken? How do you know yeah, sure. what major success feels like in your life if you haven't fallen to the depths, right? If you haven't fallen on your face, if you haven't failed. And a lot of times, like your rock bottom can be the thing that really, really like makes you who you are and gives you perspective. And that's the greatest thing that comes from, from failing is having gaining perspective.
1: Yeah. And you know what failure also does? Failure also gives you the true gut check that you need. Is this truly something you're passionate about? So I take the word passion that's been used for centuries and centuries and centuries, and it tends to have an emotional connotation, a romantic or, you know, whatever connotation. But if you look at the Latin, which I love to do, I'm a word nerd. And you look at the root word of passion, it's pati, P-A-T-I. And it means when you break it down and you look into it, it means to suffer. Now, when we're talking about failure rejection right fear loneliness on the journey which i've experienced trust me okay uh, that's suffering and if you're willing to keep stepping through that and not quit oh you've got it you're not going to you're not going to fail you won't stop and so, passion means to suffer for a cause. It is another way that the, the the root word was meant by by in the Latin was an unquenchable thirst for something that must be. Mm. Man, I think about entrepreneurs. I think about anybody in the workforce that goes. You know what? I freaking love building cabinets, or I love doing women's hair and making them feel beautiful And they walk out of my chair. I see those women's shoulders a little bit higher. You know, whatever it is, all good work is honorable. And so when you begin to see and you can connect it to this love of that, you said designing swimsuits earlier, that's a creative element. There's nothing wrong with it. That's beautiful. And you are in your zone when you are using your talents to create a swimsuit. And for you, it's the creation, the love of the work, just designing that gives you the juice. But You also see tremendous value knowing that there are going to be women wearing that swimsuit and they feel special. They feel beautiful. They feel whatever. That is a tangible result to your work. And so when you are willing to suffer, that's passion. If you love it, you will step through failure. You will step through fear. You will step through doubt. You will step through rejection. You will. You just will. But that's the greatest sign that you go, if I'm willing to keep showing up and suffer How about patience? That's suffering. Is there a more miserable thing in the world for us humans than to be patient? I would suggest no. So that's how we know the suffering, the passion. That's a
0: great sign that you're on the right Right. track. And that's so important to recognize as well, because we live in an age of instant gratification. I mean there's a brand new thing that just came to New York City called 1520. It's groceries in your apartment. They arrive within 15 or 20 minutes. Like you don't need to knock on your neighbor's door if you need sugar. Like you don't do that anymore. I just 1520 it and it's in yep. my in my apartment in my kitchen in 15 minutes. Like everything that we do is is instant. And so we have to also just understand that, um, you know, applying that pressure and suffering um, to get to the end goal or the dream or whatever the vision is to make it happen. Like it, it's not overnight, right? It does, it's, not, it's not a quick process by any means. It's the consistency that makes the difference above all else, I think, you know, mm-hmm. understanding and allowing uh, fear afraid, right? and then being consistent, consistent, putting one foot in front of the Absolutely. other and continuing to step.
1: Yeah. And here's the other thing. You're, you know, you got, you're doing these spin classes. Is that what you said? Like you're, you're busting people's butt on a bike, right? Okay. So you get this more than most. I just want to say something really quick about the struggle. It is the struggle that gives us the strength to actually do the thing and be the best. So, and you know, it's not just, we've been talking about failure. We've been talking about fear and doubt and we've been talking about all that stuff. But remember this, the struggle is what's great. There's this old story that's out on the internet and it's a beautiful little metaphor, And I just want to give it to your audience because I think it's going to encourage somebody today. But there's a a story, an old man's walking down a country road and he's just meandering and he's just taking in nature and something catches his eye and he looks over and he sees a cocoon on a bush next to this fence alongside the road. And he looks closer, he leans in and he sees that it's a cocoon and there's movement and it's the butterfly's legs are just barely poking out the bottom of the cocoon and they're going pretty hard and he can tell it's trying to get out and then the legs stop for a second and he does what any of us would do. He leans in a little closer. Is this, is this butterfly? Okay. And the butterfly was resting, getting, getting its strength again. And then the legs slowly begin to move again. And he begins to feel bad for the butterfly. So what does he do? He gently grabs the cocoon. You know where this is going. Yeah. And he opens up the cocoon for the butterfly and the butterfly oh. flaps its wings and falls to the ground and dies minutes later.
0: Mm-hmm. What did he do?
1: He relieved the struggle And in doing so, killed the butterfly. And the butterfly never became what it was supposed to be. And that struggle in nature, that butterfly is supposed to struggle. Because while those little legs are moving, then resting, then moving again, it is a struggle. And who knows how long it takes for that butterfly to get out of there. But when it finally breaks through, it has been struggling for who knows how long. But now it has the strength to fly and be who it is. I just, I feel like somebody needs to hear this today. You're in the middle of a struggle right now. Do not be discouraged by the struggle. Be empowered by the struggle because it is the struggle that gives us the strength that we need to be who we were created to be.
0: Yes, so much. Yes. Oh man, I'm loving this interview already. You're, you're great, man. You are really great. Oh,
1: oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I just ripped a story off the internet, but it's, it's such a great truth. It's such a great yeah, truth. no, it
0: is. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I love it though. And it's important to share those and, and I'm glad that you did, um, so, for the listeners out there who are maybe thinking about pivoting, thinking about doing something new, who are just wanting to take that that next step, but they're not sure where to go, you know, like I think you had mentioned to me before we started this interview that how what was the what is the percentage of people who are unhappy in what they're doing?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, we we see all kinds of data, but we're looking at anywhere from fifty-five to ninety-five percent different polls that are out there right now saying they're looking for something else. So they're not necessarily hating their job, but they want more, whether it be more flexibility, you know, because remote work is a thing now, obviously, uh, or they're looking for better pay. They're looking for more opportunity. And I think ultimately people are looking to do work that they really enjoy that connects to their soul. I think now more than ever, and that's Mm -hmm. the game I'm in, as you know, we've already talked about it, but yeah, a lot of people are going, is now the time? And the reality is, yeah, I think this is the best time in history right now to go. All right, it's time. It's time to get serious. It's time to do work that I love, that creates results that matters to me. I, you know, it's just time,
0: right? I, I agree. Um, now is a beautiful time. Like the world had this, you know, unavoidable pause, and uh, it, we're still definitely in the midst of all of that. And and it is an amazing and incredible time to make a change, make a shift. Um, so, how do people get clear? On what it is, and I know you touched on it a bit, but how do people get really, really clear on what that might that next step might look like? You know, because sometimes you know, and I tell yeah. I've told this story many times before um, on on my podcast, but and so my listeners probably know it, but the shortened version is, you know, I went to my college guidance counselor, and I was really clear on two things that I knew to be true about myself without a shadow of doubt, and I walked in there and I said, hey these are the two things I know to be true about myself. You know, I know that I am put on this earth. I want to help people. And I know that I love public speaking. How do I make a job out of that? How do I make a career out of that? You know? And, and the story goes that she sort of looked at the door and was like, there you go, kid, you have to go out there and figure that out. Right. And so it took a lot of trial and error and a lot of, you know, mistakes and failures along the way to end up where I am. And, and I say that the dream stays the same, but often the vessel changes. And so never in a million years did I think that my vessel would come in, the form of a stationary bike that allows me to stand up every day and I'm public speaking and I also get to help people through their journeys. Um, and now it's evolved obviously into a podcast and life coaching and all of these other things. But, um, how do people get clear? Cause like the base for me was like, okay, I knew these are the two things that I know about myself. Um, but I had no freaking idea how to turn that into a career. Right.
1: Yeah. So oh, I'm so glad you, you asked this question.
0: Yeah. Okay. How can so, you save here's what i do. 10 years. It took me to figure it out.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so I, I know your guidance counselor was a very nice person, but they gave you really, 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 really sucky advice. And this is why I do what I do. This is why I do the Ken Coleman show every day, which I've got to mention to your audience. Listen, if you want to, if you want to coach, I, I'm live every day for two hours, Monday through Friday from 12 to two series XM. Okay. On the business channel. I'm on YouTube live. We podcast it later. I'm on 75 states around the country for this very reason. Cause I get so pissed off when I hear this story because that person, a very good person, but she, or he didn't know what to tell you. So I'm going to tell you what she or he should have told you. And this is the answer to your question. So let's go back to your story. So you're this young person and you're sitting down in front of me and you go, here's what I know about myself. Okay. And the two things were,
0: That I want to help people and I I love public speaking.
1: And you love public speaking. So let's look at my methodology that I've created from my own journey. And I mentioned it earlier. Talent, that's what you do best. This is super simple, folks, so write it down. Talent, what I do best. Hard skills, people skills, character traits. All right. Those Those are the three ingredients under talent, what you do best. Now we move to passion work I love to do. Think about a task, a function, or a role. And in your case, here's what you knew. I love communication. I love public communication. That was a big clue, right? That's passion. I would have put that on your passion line. Okay. We would have then said, okay. And you said, I know I want to help people. Well, you were way, 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 way up here, which is great. So what she should have said was, all right, we're going to get to that. That's mission. Those are results that matter deeply to you. So let's go back through the methodology. So I'd sit with a young you and I would go, okay, what are you really, really good at? What do you know right now that people compliment you on and it's always come easy for you? You probably would have said, I'm just good at connecting with people. Um, I'm a good communicator. You know, I give, uh, you know, you would have said several other things, right? What else would you have said to add to that list? I,
0: I probably would have said that my friends always come to me for advice. Always. So
1: good at connecting with people. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Good at communicating with people. Two different things. Okay. The communication is this. The connection is the, this. Yeah. Okay. Making and then you throw in all my friends come to me for advice. So I've got it. I'm good at giving advice. I've got good discernment. I've got good perspective. You would have said that to me in that office and I'd have mm-hmm. written all that down. So now we know what your top talents are. Mm-hmm. So we come over to the one clue we had on passion, work you love. And you go, I love speaking. Well, I would have looked at the talent line. I go, well, you also love giving advice. And you'd go, yeah, yeah. So we go, okay, public speaking, advising. We could probably throw coaching in there. And you'd go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we come to the hard part. And you going, how do I turn that into a career, Ken? So we've just covered talent, what you do best. We've covered passion, work you love to do, a task, a function, a role because you're young, you didn't have a bunch of work experience. So we break it down to activities, topics, things I love. And now we come to mission results that matter most. And you go, Ken, I just want to help people. And then I'd say to you, who are the people you most want to help? What problem or desire do those people have? And then what's the solution to that problem or desire? I'm going to say it again for the audience, because it's going to set so many of you free. Get alone, get quiet and go, who are the people I want to help? And a young you would start thinking about it and you would say the people I most want to help are
0: all people is firstly what I would have said. And then you would have probably asked me to dig a little deeper into that.
1: And I would, um, and I'd say that's not good enough. I'd say think of their problem.
0: And so then it would the reason I say all people is because in in my soul cycle classes and in my life coaching, I attract people of all different ages and every background. And I don't have a, a, a niche in terms of like no. age range. I don't, um, okay. That's nice fun. of you to say that. Cause a lot of people try and tell you that you need to niche down to a no. small, but I, no. I attract, like I have people in my life coaching group right now that are 60 yeah. in their sixties and I've got people in their twenties. Yeah. Um, yeah. but anyways, so if I dig deeper into that, it's, it's helping people step into their power people who know that they're meant for more, but helping people step into their power.
1: All right. So we're just teaching the audience. So we're teaching the audience through your process. So I'm fine with a large group. I mean, same thing. People ask me, what's your audience size? I go 15 to 65 because anybody who wants to live on purpose is in my audience. So that's fine. There's nothing wrong with the answer, but we dive deeper to come up with the career path or the job. Remember, that's what we're answering. So then I would have said to you, Well, what problems do you really want to help people solve? And you begin to talk through, well, could be the physical fitness, but also emotional and mental health, right? People becoming who they want to be. I mean, you and I aren't that far off in the people we want to help and why we want to help. So the point is, you begin to walk through that paradigm. Problem, the people I want to help. Get the idea. You got to visualize them. Then you begin to see, oh, the problem or desire they have. And then you go, what's the solution? Well, we come back to talent and passion for that answer. We know what you're really good at. So those are the power tools or premium tools you're going to use. Then we come to passion work you love and you go, I love communicating, connecting, advising. Well, it turns out you do all of that on a bicycle making people sweat. But it's also in those stolen moments before class and after class where you get some of your big breakthrough. Am I right?
0: Yep. You're 100% right. Yep.
1: And I've never talked to you before this moment in my life. <laughs> so it's not that I'm some mind reader. It's just that this process works. So you asked, how do you get clear? Get clear on who you are uniquely as an individual. And there's three indicators that I just gave them to. It's like a dashboard on a car. Every human being is born with talent that's raw, but you can shape it into skills. Hard skills, people skills. Everybody is everybody's born with something that makes their heart beat really fast when they do it. That's passion. And then everybody, everybody in this on this earth is missional in that they want to produce some results for other people. We've got to get them all in alignment. So when I'm clear on what I'm good at, the kind of work I love to do and the results I want to create, guess what happens? We can say this. I want to use my top talents of blank blank and blank to do work I love, passion, blank, blank, and blank to produce these results. Blank. Now I've got myself a purpose statement. And now when I have that purpose statement. I can look out into the world of work and see a lot of options. And where your guidance counselor failed you and society as a whole has failed is that we don't give young people a construct like I just broke down to where they can see multiple jobs, multiple career paths, and ready for this, even multiple dream jobs. And that takes away the fear of am I picking the right thing, right? Just right. like am I picking the right soulmate? And that's where it goes off. So, we've got an assessment called the Get Clear assessment at uh, Ken And it's probably 15 to 20 minute assessment. And we walk you through that process, show you where your talents are. You give your top three reports, shows you where you are on the rest of the 12 universal talents. Same thing with passion, show you your top three types of work you love to do, show you where you score on the rest of the 15. And then we show you your primary missional result that drives you and uh, drives your work and show you where you score on the other, you know, five of the six and and then it fills out a purpose statement and and so i'm so passionate about that because that's the simplicity by which it shows people this is your area i call it the sweet spot where you can paint your masterpiece so many options go be you yeah go
0: be you go be you. And what a great tool for people, you know, nice takeaway to if you feel like you're stuck and you want to make change, um, then you can definitely head there and, and do that assessment. Yep. And, and
1: give can I tell you clarity. this really quick? Yes. Tell me, do you know what clarity does? Tell clarity me. gives confidence. Mm, that's true. Confidence gives courage. Clarity breeds confidence. Confidence breeds courage. You will never be able to summon the courage to be you, to be the unique you and give the world what you and only you can give. You won't summon that courage just by sheer will force. You must have clarity. A clear person becomes a confident person and a confident person chooses courage Mm -hmm. because they go, I'm confident that I'm supposed to do this. I'm confident that I can do this. And so then we step into fear and doubt. So I just, that's why clarity is the wonder drug. And there's going to be times in your life where you get just absolutely side swiped and, and life comes at you retreat to clarity. There's going to be time where you have some big decisions and you're wrestling with it and it's complex retreat to clarity. The simplicity of clarity is the wonder drug.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, so that's the last thing I want to touch on um, because it's something that I talk about a lot as well. Um, you talk about in your book, like the difference between connecting And networking. And I think networking has really, truly become such a cringeworthy word, to be honest. Um, So talk about the difference between those two things uh, for people out there who, uh, like like we've said, you know, they want to make a change. They're not sure how and they don't realize how many people are actually in their own personal network that they can connect with.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad you asked me this. It's very simple. Networking is the elevator pitch the showing up at all the events and spending 30 seconds assessing people like they're a side of meat and whether or not you can get something from them. I call this relationship vampires. You suck the blood out of somebody and you leave them in a heap and look for your next victim. That's disgusting. It's gross and it's limiting. And while I'm an extreme extrovert, I think we got to pull a page from my introvert friends. And introverts know how to connect deep because they don't like all that stuff. They, they just want to kind of connect. And connecting versus networking is simply this. Stop trying to make the elevator pitch and get something and start trying to learn something. And in, in turn, you give value. So I want more coffees. I want more lunches. And I'm sitting down with a pencil and paper and I'm asking questions and I'm telling people gratefully and humbly, I think that you can you can really give me some knowledge and you can give me some wisdom because I want to be you or I really respect you and I need to learn from you and I'm going to come prepared and I am so grateful. Now, let me tell you something. People all the time go, Ken, I have nothing to offer. That's BS. When I do that right there that I just described, I am making a person feel very valuable. And in doing so, I have provided them great value. And they're going to give me knowledge that I need and wisdom that I need. And when 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 they walk away from me, whether they ever open a door or not, they have already added what I need in value and I've connected with them. But more often than not, they're going to walk away with a great feeling in their heart and a great image in their head of you. And you never know how that might turn into something down the road. But that's connecting and we must connect to get information and get wisdom and to learn and to be humble and a human sponge and opportunities will come to you as a result of those kind of connections. Cause they're going to walk away and go, Hey, here's a couple other people that I'll connect you to, or here's a couple places you need right. to be in. That's the magic of connecting.
0: I love that. And I think also, um, when I talk about connecting, um, the way that i share that is about i love everything you said but to add to that is you have to be so convicted in the thing that you want to create or or the dream that you have or the you know the dream dream job that you want to have or you know if you're an entrepreneur the thing that you want to create whatever it is so convicted in that that you have to be willing to speak about it everywhere you go right? It cannot just be something you think about. Like The dream cannot just be one-dimensional. It's got to be something that you write down. Obviously, uh, pen to paper, you're 42% more likely to achieve any goals that you actually just write down. But um, beyond that, like when we connect we don't even realize sometimes how many people are in our immediate circle i'm talking like people we hang out with every single day people we see all the time close family members um, extended family members friends acquaintances whatever it is people you see so often that actually are the missing link to everything that you've ever wanted to do or create but if you're not talking about it like how does anybody know like oh i had no idea that you were interested in x like actually i know why and i can connect you and like help make that happen for you, and people yeah. are happy to do that. And we just don't talk about it because we're shy, right. or we're afraid, or we're scared, or yeah. we're worried about what people might think of us. Um, but actually, our network and is actually so 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 huge. And yeah. I, I talk about this all the time because people, I, every time I say it, I'm I feel like I'm I'm never surprised when someone comes up to me and they're like, Oh my god, I had no idea that like my neighbor actually knows the. Person who connects the people,
1: you know what I mean? So, yeah, well, it so it's a existence. very good point. So let me address the and number one, you're right. But let me address the cynics because I get these phone calls on the okay. Ken Coleman show. Let's do it. So the cynics just heard you and they were like, "Well, but how do I?" It just feels awkward to go in and talk about myself. Yes, don't do that. Here's the thing: when you are connecting, when you're at the soccer game uh, for your kid or whatever you're doing, or you're at the gym or whatever. And instead of being on your phone, how about getting your freaking chin up and looking at people and smile and talk to them and ask them about them, be interested in them. And by being interested in them, you become interesting because they're most likely going to play some table tennis here. And then when they ask, when you're interested in them and what they do and you get excited about them, they're going to ask you what you do. And then boom, that's when you explode and you just talk about what you're doing, why you're doing it. And that is infectious and it's wildly attractive, but it has to happen in normal interaction. So get your radar up. Number one, start freaking connecting with people and be interested and excited for them. And then they will reciprocate folks. This isn't that difficult. And then what you just described does happen.
0: Right. I love that. I love, I love, love, love unpacking the way to get there. Um, and I mean, that's for for my listeners who are out there. There's a couple themes that seem to come up over and over and over again in uh, all of these episodes. And one theme that we talk about, it comes up all of the time is listening when people are speaking and remembering their names remembering unique things about them what their kids names are just making people feel seen and making people feel heard in the world and maybe it brings nothing back to you at all but maybe it does and you just never yeah. know so just well you know make what people feel seen and heard
1: I, you're making another great point here i'm just i'm just yes and amen in you okay so i'm just <laughs> church boy right now i'm going amen um whether there's a tangible thing that happens or not, it doesn't matter. It's still good for you. And in, in simply this, you begin to practice and what becomes a habit, this thing we're talking about. And so it may not yield something two out of 10 times, five out of 10 times, but more importantly, this becomes a habit. This becomes a way I become a human connector and I don't even think about it. And that's the law of averages. And eventually it's going to pop.
0: All right. Well, I will not take up too much more of your time, even though I feel like I could absolutely continue this conversation on and on and on. Um, but for anyone out there, Ken's book is coming out. When is it available? November 9th?
1: November the 9th. It comes out. You can pre-order it uh, right now at kencolman.com. We have some amazing bundles to the where you can get the book and that assessment for only 30 bucks. That assessment's a $30 product on its own. But if you pre-order the, that bundle, you also get the audiobook and the ebook for free. Uh, and I read the book myself. And uh, so there's some great deals at KenColeman.com on that. It's going to really encourage you. The seven stages, we talked a lot about Get Clear, but it's going to walk you all the way up to the dream job. And then the final of the seven stages is give yourself away where you're working for impact. The income is there. All the things are there, but it's about impact. And I got to tell you this. I had so much fun with you. And since you said you could go on and on, uh, I'm a live radio guy. If you want to, I'll come back on sometime in the future and we'll take questions live. I I think you would be I think you and I would be a fun tandem. That's what I do every day on the show. So if you want me, no pressure, but (laughs) I'll do it. And we will take calls just like this.
0: I absolutely love that. And I am so down. Um, Okay, final question for you is what is one piece of advice that you would give your younger self?
1: Learn. The value of being patient, be patient, be patient, be patient, be patient, be patient, be patient, and then be patient. And the reason is, is because that's just, uh, I, you know, all humans are impatient. You addressed this really early on in our conversation, you know, this idea of we want everything immediately. and, And that's who we are as humans. We are designed for progress and the technology and the convenience that technology has created in our world. And the social media, instant dopamine. Every time somebody likes something, I just posted it. I got 60 likes. And I mean, literally, like, we're addicted to this stuff. And so it has taken what is already um, a flaw in our humanness, and it's exacerbated it, made it bigger. And I struggle with it big time. And so what I've now learned as a 47-year-old guy who's walked it out, um, it is the struggle, it is the journey that is as meaningful as the destination. The destination is wonderful. Um, and I remember the first time, uh, you know, my last book, The Proximity Principle hit the number one Wall Street journalist. And I gotta tell you, it was for 30 minutes. It was an out-of-body experience. It was euphoric, it was all the things. And I was in my hotel room uh, out on book tour, the last day book tour. And so I talked to my wife and we'd cried and celebrated and, and all the coworkers and the emails and the texts and all the things. And then there was just kind of this lull and I was sitting on the end of my bed, just kind of looking in the mirror like this. And it hit me um, how special it felt, how wonderful it was. But I hadn't changed. My mission wasn't done. And in those moments when you achieve something really special, you realize it is the journey itself. And I... I rewound in my mind all of the struggles and the journey. And I was like, wow, it really was worth it. And patience is the secret. You know, we make perseverance and persisting really sexy and motivational posters and in movies and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, you can't persist. There is no perseverance, which is the end product of persistence and patience. There's this tension all the time. And if you don't begin to trust and believe and embrace the value of waiting. I'm moving, I'm acting, I'm learning, I'm growing, but I'm waiting. And until you embrace that, you'll never truly experience and become the best you and experience the true victories that are out there until you grab patience. Because I can look back many times that I missed some great opportunities because I wasn't patient. And I'm reminded every day. Um, as a dad of three teenagers and you know, trying to be a thought leader and doing a show every day. And and I got big dreams and big visions to help as many people as possible. It's hard to be patient, but it is the patience. It's the secret, secret sauce of greatness. You gotta be patient.
0: What a mic drop moment to end it on. Ken, amazing, amazing episode. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom. uh, And uh, you guys pick up this book for sure. Do not, don't sleep on it make sure you get it. So thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I had a blast. Am I right or am I right? Ken Coleman, you guys, Ken Coleman, dropping so many truth bombs, dropping so much knowledge and so much wisdom around living in your purpose, doing what it is that we are called to do on this earth and showing up as that and My God, even taking it a step further and allowing ourselves to wake up every day and call it work, right? Say that the things that we love and the things that light our fire and the things that make us feel the most alive can also, also pay our bills. Um, And I know that there's just so, so many of us who feel like we are meant for more, and so through this episode, and I just, just a, a line, a sidebar from me to you. Uh, if you have that calling on your heart, lean into that. And I don't think there's an expiration date to it. I truly, truly don't. There are so many examples of people who make changes, um, drastic, life-altering changes in their lives at every age and every phase of the game. So don't think that it's too late for you. Don't think that you're too stuck where you are. Don't think that you can't make a change and do something different if it's called on your heart to do so. Um, Just making sure that we wake up every single day and live in our purpose and live in our passion and... It's possible. It is. It truly, truly is. So you know, through this episode, I hope that it helped you gain some confidence and some courage around making changes in your life, whatever they may be. If it's a lifestyle change or a career change or or whatever it is, um, just take steps and be patient with your journey. As Ken said, be patient. Be patient. Be patient. And then, be patient some more. Um, You got this. Uh, I hope that you feel inspired today. I hope you feel motivated today. That's the point of this podcast. It's the reason why I do this is so that every single Tuesday when it drops, you know you can tune in and listen and feel inspired and motivated towards your journey in this life. So with that, make sure you're following us on the pod handle at very best self. Um, Make sure you're following me at Victoria Brown. Make sure that uh, you're liking subscribing is really, truly very helpful and uh, write a review for sure. Um, It really does make a world difference in the trajectory of this podcast. And, you know, this podcast really getting legs and just, you know, getting more people out there to listen. So I appreciate you. I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Have a good one.